since every episode we're going to be doing this year is set um, in talking about things from 1984, I think we need to re-record the theme song using a synthesizer. I think that sounds like a good idea. You're holding the microphone backwards. You I think that it. sounds there like a good go. idea. There you go. We're not we're not deleting it. We're not. Yeah, yeah we need to get a synthesizer. It's some sort sure of '80s get, synthesizer like patch, and that you can. Um, you'll have to remember all the chords and the notes from that. But I think it would do us some good to have '80 synthesizer sounds for at least a couple episodes. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I do too. That's why I, I brought it kinda, up. Kind of cute. That's why I brought it up. This is episode twenty-nine of oh, our wow. little talks. This is the second month in a row that we recorded <laughs> an episode. So we're Suffice on. To say, I, we're on a if roll. we can get at least one episode per month done, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think that would be fine because I think last year there was episodes we, I mean, months where we didn't even do one episode. So. No, we have a lot of long gaps in some of these seasons, in which is weird because if you're home, you're home, not really doing anything in the summer. There should be more time. Yeah, I mean, technically, we could record a second episode while I'm home. Technically, and then release it next month. Sure, or you'll be home in March, and we'll record it. Oh, then. that's true. I will be home in March, and we can record a couple episodes then. That we should be having. This should be like a meeting that we have, not while we're talking. No, on it the has podcast. to be. On air. It should be something that we have. Yeah, because we've always been about. We want you to see the nuts and bolts of how. <laughs> Things are never really planned out, and we yeah. just kind of roll with it. We we don't really think about this podcast unless we're doing it, so I think that's good for the brainstorming process is that wh- while we're on air, sort of I coming agree. up with these ideas. I agree. Before we get into the topic of this month's episode, I would like to touch on a few things that deal with our last episode um, in, 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 we were, if you remember correctly, though, we talked about the dreadful movie uh, <laughs> that is somehow still popular among some Gen Xers, uh, 1984, Footloose. Um, and in that episode, I made mention of, I thought that the storyline was absurd, that I, I don't remember there being that kind of, um, that kind of town. Like, I don't remember, think, I don't think that, I don't think I thought that was a real type of thing, to have a town that we're like, oh, dancing's banned. Uh, but according to the ever-reliable Wikipedia, oh. on the Footloose page, it says that Footloose is based loosely on the town of Elmore City, Oklahoma. Hmm. The town had banned dancing since its founding in 1890, 1898 in an attempt to decrease the amount of heavy drinking. One advocate of the dancing band was the reverend from the nearby town of Hennepin, F.R. Johnson. He said, quote, no good has ever come from a dance. If you have a dance, somebody will crash it, and they'll be looking for only two things, women and booze. When boys and girls hold each other, they get sexually aroused. You can believe what you want, but one thing leads to another, end quote. Because of the ban on dancing, the town never held a prom. In February 1980, the junior class of Elmore City High School made national news when they requested permission to hold a junior prom, and it was granted. The request to overturn the ban in order to hold the prom was met with a 2-2 decision from the school board when school board president Raymond Lee broke the tie with the words, let them dance. Wow, okay. So, But see, that makes sense that... The ban was created in the 1800s and not that it was like... Because in Footloose, the ban is was created like a few years before that movie takes place. Yeah, like five years. Yeah, like five years before. So it doesn't really make sense. But it makes sense that there would be a town where there's still like this archaic rule that's being held over because that does happen. Right. And there were some weird things like they said, oh, these kids, they left, they went over the county line to go to a dance and when they came back over the county line they were pulled over by the cops and then put on parole or whatever put on church and school probation oh yeah yeah yeah, or something like that and i thought they didn't break the law they left town yeah they were out of town yeah yeah they they went to another county so how could you that's that was like that part seemed a little silly to me yeah that seems over the top um i don't think it actually would have gone that way but what do i know yeah I'm just I'm just yeah, some well. fool. <laughs> there was one other thing. Uh, I watched an interview with Kevin Bacon. He talked about the ending of Footloose. Now we mentioned in our 
discussion about it that we felt like um, all of a sudden all these kids are professional dancers. Yeah. Like they haven't been able to dance for five, but then all of a sudden they're like the most amazing dancers you've ever seen in your life. And they're characters that have never appeared before in the movie. Right. So in this interview, Kevin Bacon said the movie originally ended with him yelling, let's dance. And then everyone um, jumping up and down in slow motion, celebrating as it faded out. And then test audiences said, we've waited a whole movie for a dance. And then we didn't get to actually see them dance. So they uh, they came, they brought everybody back months later. Um, they hired professional dancers. They choreographed the whole dance scene and then reshot it. Yeah. So that's why all these people look like professional dancers, as they actually it's hired they professional yeah. dancers. Yeah. So um, there you go. The original ending of Footloose did not include a dance scene. Which is interesting, considering. Like they had, they were at the dance, they're celebrating that they get to dance, but they didn't show them dancing. And the test audiences are like, where's the big dance Hey, we've been waiting the whole movie for this. Where is it? So they went back and they refilmed it. So there you go. A couple of notes on our last episode on the movie Footloose, 40th anniversary. And I'm done talking Footloose. How about you? I think I'm done too. Well, then that is uh, Grandpa's permission to move on to our next topic for this episode, and that is last night we rewatched for the billionth time, not really billionth, but probably only the second or third time for you, but I've seen this movie dozens of times in my life, and that would be The Karate Kid. Yes. We watched The Karate Kid for, um, um, yeah, for our little 1984 <laughs> project. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think I've only seen it a couple times before. Because there was a lot of stuff where when we were watching it, I kept going, I don't remember any of this. Like, I remembered the the basic storyline, and I remembered a lot of the scenes, but there was also a lot of stuff I'd forgotten about as well. Yeah, even I, after seeing it some sometimes, I, I forget the opening cre- credit scene is Daniel and his mom driving cross-country from Newark, New Jersey to La La Land, Los Angeles, California, and um, for some reason, they're not taking the freeway. They they take this every yeah. time they show them, they're on a scenic route. Yeah. And it's clearly like a second unit photography. It's not Ralph Macchio. And uh, I can never remember the name of the actress that plays his mother. It's clearly not them. Um, but they're just taking this amazing scenic route across America with a couple of little voiceover comments that are supposed to be coming from them in the car. Um, I always forget about that part for some reason. I... I don't know if it's like I just never really watch it that closely or... Randy Heller. Randy Heller, yes. The great Randy Heller. The immortal Randy Heller. Yeah. Randy, if you're listening, that's not an insult. We we like you. Yes. No, that's a a compliment. We like you. Yes. Well, uh, both of us took copious notes. I think I took way more than you did in this case. So I've got a lot to say about 1984's (laughs) The Karate Kid. Yeah, I didn't. I think I have about a page full of notes. Um, you have a lot, I know, because I kept looking over at your at your document um, and yeah, seeing I a didn't, lot of a lot of writing. But I decided to do a um, an um, un, uh, <laughs> I decided to type it all up as we were watching the movie at the laptop, and when things popped into my head, typed it up, and I'm ready to unload all this information on our listeners yeah and me because i don't know what what notes you've taken oh no you haven't that's the beauty of this that's is you don't know what i'm gonna say yes. <laughs> and i don't know what you're gonna say yeah well if you want to start you want me to start you can go ahead because i don't really have much all right so this is from my document titled karate kid copious notes here's the first thing <laughs> i said this is a much better movie than i ever gave credit for in the past hmm. okay i always i've always liked it but i always thought of it growing up as sort of a silly 80s teen rivalry movie and there are elements of that yeah. in the film obviously but i think it's actually very well written that acting all the way across the board is really good and convincing and i like that it wasn't like if it was made today it'd be like a mindless action film i don't remember the jackie chan jaden smith one that well but it seemed to me there was less emphasis on the bad guys and their character and more on yeah. cool karate you stuff. You barely, I mean, you barely know anything about 
the Johnny Lawrence character or the like the the equivalent the, the Johnny Lawrence equivalent in the in the uh, Jaden Smith version. Which while we're on the Jaden Smith version, just real quick, it doesn't make sense that it's called the Karate Kid because he doesn't do karate in that movie. He does kung fu. He does kung fu. So. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> the Kung Fu Kid. The Kung Fu Kid. I thought that was also true of this one, that this isn't what they're doing isn't really karate, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe wrong. confusing the two. Yeah. But no, I think I, I agree with you. There are a lot of things where that are kind of corny <clears throat> and you laugh because it's like, oh, this is so this is so silly 80s movie. But there also right, but are that... a lot of very heartfelt, touching moments. And it is, like you said, it's very well written. It's very well acted. So... I agree with that. I mean, sentiment. this is the guy that made the first Rocky movie, John Avildsen, so it makes sense that it would be. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, oh, yeah. that's what I said. I said this is Rocky for kids. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Uh, it has an emphasis on spiritual and moral philosophies and the difference between good teachers, bad teachers, good philosophies, and bad philosophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because doesn't he say, like, there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher? Only a bad teacher. Yeah. But that's not true. If you've worked in a school, there's sometimes you have good <laughs> teachers and there's bad just bad students. students. Sometimes you have bad teachers and still have good students. So. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do a synopsis of the movie. If you're listening to this, we're going to assume that you've seen yes. The Karate Kid. There will be spoilers ahead if you've never seen If the you've never kid. seen it, you're probably not going to listen to this anyway. Yeah. But um, So when j- here's so, here's one thing that, this is one thing that was sort of weird about the story. It's not a big thing. It's a nitpick. But yeah. um, Daniel comes to Los Angeles. He goes to his new apartment building. He does a karate kick to kick the gate open. It knocks this kid over named Freddie. Freddie Fernandez. Mm-hmm. And uh, Freddie invites him to uh, the end of summer beach party the yes. next day. Um, when he gets to the party, he obviously sees there's a montage scene, 80s montage scene, um, where the boys soccer. playing soccer yeah. and the girls are hanging out and they're in their bathing suits watching the guys play soccer. And then Daniel and Allie lock eyes, and um, then they, like the montage fades into like nighttime. They're at their separate little camp beach campfires, and then um, Johnny shows up after we see Allie. Um, John or Daniel's teaching her how to do so- bounce soccer ball on her knees, and then Johnny some, some and the Cobra Kai's yeah. start coming down on their motorcycle. So she kicks the soccer ball away, knowing trouble's coming, trying to protect Daniel. By the way, Allie's um, boombox uh, <laughs> yes. is the exact model, make and model boombox that I owned when I when I got my one and only boom box in the 1980s. It's mm. the exact same one. Did you notice that well, of your first watching of I the don't, movie where you went, oh, that's my boom box? Or- I don't know that I actually saw The Karate Kid in 1984, but oh, okay. I... I and, and when you watch these movies on fuzzy VHS tape, you don't really notice the details, yeah. but when I look at it, I'm like, that is the exact same boom box that yeah. i had what, what happened to your boom box um i think they just went it, we, they were kind of cheap they're from sears they were they weren't high quality yeah. used them for for a lot of years um and then i don't know my dad probably took one my brother had the same one too and i think my dad put one in his workshop and it probably just petered out oh, okay and then i probably was like ah, i don't use this anymore and threw it away probably now wish i still had yeah. it okay anyway. um but anyway Johnny and the Cobra Kai show up. Johnny's trying to talk to Allie. She won't listen to him. She keeps turning her radio on, so he throws it in the sand. Then Daniel comes and grabs the radio, like to give it back to her. Johnny does a "Don't touch it, punk!" Yeah, <laughs> um, thing total, and that's uh, '80s accurate right there. That's totally something a guy would say to in another guy in the '80s. Yeah. Don't touch it, punk! Um, and so then. Johnny like hand like pushes Daniel down with the radio. Now, all the guys, Freddie Fernandez and all the guys that are with Daniel, they clearly know who this Johnny Lawrence is. He's the yeah. two-time defending All Valley karate champion. Yes. And they're like, "Come on, Daniel, get him." <laughs> they're, like, they're like encouraging to get up, get up. And I'm like, if this was the new guy in town, and the karate champ just knocked him to the ground. 
I'd be like, dude, uh, just just walk away. Yeah. This guy is going to kill it. you. Yeah, forget <laughs> this it. This guy yeah. is going to kill you. But they're like encouraging him to fight back. You'd think that the moment he went up and tried to pick up the radio that he would have been like, hey, man, like, don't mess with him. You don't know what you're getting yourself don't mess, into. Yeah, this, this, is... guy's, this guy will kill you. Yeah, He's... he knows karate, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously you have to set up the rivalry somewhere. Yeah. Um, but what but what kind of got me was um, Daniel never said like he never said like I like Freddie asked him if he knows karate. He's like oh, I took a few lessons. He never says or like ah oh, yeah I'm really great at karate. I could kick anybody's butt or whatever. Yeah. He's like I know a few things. Um, but as after he gets beat up, Freddie and his friends are standing there shaking their head like, and they're like, "Where'd you find this guy?" <laughs> I'm like, Where'd you find this guy who just got beat up by the two-time karate champ of the valley? I thought this guy was cool or something. That's what I don't get is, did they expect him to beat him? Like, he's he's not like a big buff guy. And it, it was like mentioned in passing that he's taken a few karate lessons. So you, it, you wouldn't think that they would expect him to be able to beat up Johnny Lawrence, no, especially ex- since they know Johnny Lawrence yeah. and they know that he's insane. You shouldn't so. expect anybody to beat to beat this guy. Yeah, you think, and it's weird that they're like, like he didn't come in and loser. say, "I'm the all Newark karate champ." Yeah. Um, and then later on, there's a scene where he sees them at soccer practice, and they're like making fun of him. Hey, karate kid, let's see those moves or whatever. <laughs> he's like, I, he never once said like, "I'm a karate no, expert," yeah. so. But they have to sort of set up, and I get it. They have to set up the, the rivalry with Johnny, and they also have to kind of have Daniel be ostracized from everybody. Yeah, which I think that was one thing that I wrote down is I said, why does everyone, even Allie's friends, hate Daniel? Because I feel like... Because they have to. If my friend liked a guy and I didn't necessarily understand what she saw in him, I would still be cordial. And be like, hello, it's nice to meet you. But, like, they were, like, immediately, right off the bat, were, like, awful to him. Right. <laughs> but there has to be reasons why, you know, like, that um, for people to make it difficult for... Because the whole premise of the thing is, like, they're rich kids and, the, and Daniel and sort of, yeah. like, you're, you're mess. It's, it's a class struggle kind of thing going on. Um, he doesn't fit with their crowd, but what does she see in him? Um, so they have to sort of make it like he's on his own and she's the only one that's sort of yeah, reaching out to him or whatever. Which also, I think when this is later on in the movie, when they're at golf and stuff at their date and yes. they pull, the Cobra Kai's pull up in Johnny's car, are... The two girls who are in the car with them, those are her friends. Those are her friends, yeah. So her friends still hang out with the Cobra Kai guys, even right. though they know that they're crazy and maybe, awful people. Maybe it was just cheaper to use those the girls rather than hire like some hire other girls other to girls play their to girlfriends. Play, like yeah. girlfriends or that are hanging out with the Cobra Kai's or whatever. But I mean, I guess that would make sense though if they were all hanging out together. They all. They right. all have a guy or whatever, and then just because she breaks up with Johnny, they're not going right. to break up with the you, other guys. I what, don't know any of the other Cobra Kai guys' names, actually. Bobby, Tommy, Dutch. <laughs> Bobby, Tommy. Bobby, Tommy, Johnny. and Dutch are the main ones, and then there's... I can't remember the... There's like a, there's like a fifth guy who's just kind of hanging around the back. Yeah. Um, Tommy's the one that yells when... Allie's walking with Daniel. Must be take a war- t- must be take a worm for a walk week or something like that, <laughs> which is not a good eighties. Yeah, um, that doesn't make any sense. Who is he talking about? That she's taking a worm. That for a she's walk? taking Daniel for a walk, and he's a worm. So we take okay. a worm for a walk week. They can't fight him because they. Yeah, they made a. They deal. made a. They made a deal that not to, not to touch the prima donna until the tournament. Um, what do you got? Anything in there that will? Uh, um. On your copious notes? I think it's... One thing that I thought was interesting was when he... After he throws his bike in the dumpster and he's, like, having that kind of, like, argument with his mom, she's... I can't remember what she says, but she's saying, like, we need to, like, figure out, like, a solution to this. Like, how can I help you or whatever? And he's like, no, I need to learn karate. Like, that's that's his only solution isn't, like, 
Which I guess makes sense. I was going to say, like, talk to a teacher or something or t- call the police. Well, but in order like... to push the story forward, <laughs> Daniel has to be like, the only thing I can <laughs> that can solve this problem is I got to learn how to fight back. do karate. Yeah. Yeah. This this was made in the 80s, Karina. This is not... Um, oops, I said your name. This is not I a... I think you said it before, probably. This is not a um, modern film where everyone's problems will be solved by... Some marching in the streets and, uh, and demonstrations about? against there was bullying. Lots of protests <laughs> in the eighties. Uh, yeah, no, but not. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I you mean, guys all think that you can just solve all these problems by having a protest. Having an authority figure. Yeah. I didn't say anything about a protest. You I know. Said, tell, yeah. tell, well, that's like what we. The thing that we talked about with Cobra Kai is like, and Cobra Kai is like to to an extent, it's like the Karate Kid, but like dialed up a little bit like the bullying is much worse there's like they're breaking bones they're hunting people down and yeah. so the whole time we're watching cobra kai we're like call the police call the police yeah. because these these kids are it's no longer just a we've got to right. have a karate tournament thing it's that it's like this is now past the threshold yes. into crimes that <laughs> that need yes, to be correct. handled so as much as i like cobra kai um this movie the original film is nothing else that comes after it is anything like this this one like even karate kid 2 is sort of a normal s- story but um there there's sort of a a degree of unbelievability yeah. that kind of goes along with as the story continues that in cobra kai you have to be willing to suspend disbelief a lot more in the second movie and the third movie and then during Cobra Kai. Yeah, because in Cobra Kai they're like having karate battles in the mall and in the school and in the LaRusso house. So it's it's a lot like, there's a lot more, like you said, unbelievability that you kind of are like, oh, this doesn't seem like this is very realistic. Right. I would say the first Karate Kid movie is definitely the most realistic of the, yes. of the Karate Kid you can, franchise. Yeah, you can nitpick a few things, but ultimately it's the... And that's usually the way it is. That's usually yeah. The way once it, is. it once you continue on, it, it tends to uh, lose the plot a little bit. Yeah, I mean most sequels just tell the same story, but um, with a different villain or something like that. But which is kind of what happened. Karate Kid Two is pretty good, but that's a couple years down the line. We're not going to talk about that. We'll cover that one. Yeah, in a couple um, years we will. But <laughs> a couple of things. Uh, I Pat Morita playing uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Miyagi and Martin Cove playing um, John Kreese, the Cobra Kai sensei. They both do a great job of, of, of playing these opposite philosophies. They're both playing characters that could be major stereotypes and go a little over the top and feel kind of unrealistic, but neither, yeah. that never really happens. Like Mr. Miyagi's philosophy of karate could easily be like fa spiritual mumbo yeah. jumbo, but it actually is very simple and makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's some Yoda ishness to it. This this is all from my copious notes. Yeah, where he's like, uh, if Daniel's trying to decide to do karate, and he's like, you ready? And he says, I guess so. And he's like, look, if you're guess, if you're on the guess so you're going to get squished like a grape or whatever. Yeah. He's like, you're either going to do karate or you're not going to do it. If you're in the middle, you're, if you're on the fence and wishy-washy, you're going to get your, your butt kicked or whatever. Uh, He's just telling him, you know, you gotta be certain. You either do it or don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good philosophy. You can't be on the fence. Yeah. You have to pick one or the other. Pick one. Quit your job if you want peace, or if you want to be miserable, keep working your job. Keep working your um, job. You have to have balance. You only fight for defense, which in, in contrast to John Kreese's philosophy, which is like strike first, strike, strike hard, hard, no mercy. No mercy. Yeah. Um, it's a totally different philosophy than you only fight if you have to. You tr- do everything you can to avoid a fight, and you yeah. only fight as a last well, resort. Well, that was something that he said was... He, I don't remember the conversation leading up, but I remember him saying, like, well, I'm learning karate so I don't have to fight. Right. Which and I then thought he tells him, like, oh, you're, very interesting. You're, 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 you're getting it. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, getting you're it. figuring it out now. 
Um, like there's one moment when he gives Daniel the car as a gift as he's got his license and he tells him, uh, remember a license never replaces your eyes, ears, and your brain. Like you can be qual have a piece of paper that tells you you're qualified, but it doesn't replace common sense and, yeah. and having good character. Yes. Um, the wax on, wax off stuff and the sand the floor and paint the fence and paint the house. It's close to being a little too gimmicky yeah. of a thing, but um, it works. It still somehow works. Yeah, well, it's it's. Uh, that's one thing that I wrote down was I said, is this a real method of teaching karate or did they make this up for the movie? Because it's about like muscle memory. You know, if you right. learn these motions, it's going to be better than just, you know, learning, learning them, practicing them a ton by doing practical everyday things is going to be a lot better than just training yeah specifically like implementing these things into your daily life but um and it's it's a good it's good for the movie because you have this build-up of why is he making him sand the floor and you know yeah. wax his cars and paint the fence and then you're like oh i get it now so it's like a good it's a really good scene of where they're where he's like complaining and then they, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, and, it and it's could, very well acted too. Of Daniel being like, "Oh, like shocked that it's right," realizing and being surprised of right. what's happening. Because it okay, the other they could have gone another way and it been some mystical Eastern philosophy of karate that he. But he's just like, "Hey, here are the practical things in everyday life that you're doing that will help your muscles be ready to." Yeah. And it will help me get my floor sanded, my house painted, <laughs> and my fence yes. painted. Yes. Um so yeah, it still manages yeah. it still manages to work. Um you you mentioned this part. Daniel the whole he's always a jerk and he's always overreacting to everything. Yeah. And everything the world is always coming to an end. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember when I said that, but it was something where I think it was when they were getting ready to go on to the floor for the karate tournament and they're like telling him, Why don't you tell me these things? Yeah. Like I was supposed to <laughs> And he's like, I, your first time, my first time. Yeah. Like I've never been part of a tournament. I think it was... Well that's great, I'm gonna die out here or whatever. I don't think it was that. It was something where it was like a lot less like it it wasn't that, but it was like, oh my gosh, can he calm down? Like it's not that it's not that yeah. big of a deal. He just flies off the handle about these these little tiny things, which makes sense because he's a teenage boy, and so he's right. you know he's learning to be emotionally mature and understand his yeah <laughs> the way that you should react to things. But that but his, it is funny because yeah. he's always just like freaking out and throwing away his bike and, and his character yeah. remains consistent through the next two movies and then even into cobra kai he's sort of a hothead always jumps to conclusions always assumes yeah something with like whatever limited information he's given yeah he, he just, just automatically, automatically jumps to the worst uh, yeah, yeah assumes even with like ally like um the scene where that the country club all he sees is what he wants to see. He doesn't know. He doesn't get the whole information from her before he freaks out about and like, assumes. Yeah, you were just yeah. stringing me along, and you're to right. make him jealous. You're, you're or trying whatever, to make yeah. me make Johnny jealous. Well, yeah, that's like in the in Cobra Kai when he like he goes to Johnny's house and he sees what's his daughter's name Sam when he Sam. he sees Sam like in the background and he like immediately like freaks out and instead yeah, of being like here? instead of just let's all you know be calm and explain to me what's going on he just freaks out and they immediately have a have a big karate fight so. right and everything is <laughs> solved with karate yeah. yeah yeah exactly um what else you got anything you got anything in the middle um, i still have plenty of notes to keep this episode going so i i really liked i really it was just something that i didn't I think I fully appreciate the the last however many times I watched it was the sort of father son relationship between Mr. Miyagi because we know that what we don't or we don't know we don't know what happened to Daniel's dad but we know that Mr. Miyagi was having uh, was going his wife was having a baby and she passed away giving birth yeah they have that so that we know that he's lost a son scene that where he's drunk wearing his World War Two uniform and then Daniel reads the telegram saying that. His wife and child died as due to complications at yes. the 
relocation camp, they call it, what, what yeah. we would now call internment camp. So I like that they touch on that aspect also of Mr. Miyagi and that sort of dark part of our American past yes. without sort of being preachy about it. They just let yeah. the story tell the emotions on it. Yeah, so. I like that they they wrote that, or I, I wrote that down. <laughs> I like that they like included historical events that would have affected Japanese Americans and that would have affected Mr. Miyagi as well. Right. That it's a part of his his character because that is such an integral part of the probably the Japanese American community at the time in the right. 1980s. So I really like that they included that. Yeah. Because it, it was a nice way of of it, um acknowledging that but also right. moving forward as it well. It doesn't shy away from difficult topics. It doesn't be preachy about them, but it um it shows it t- kind of touches on the pain that a Japanese Americans would have been gone through and how that would have affected them. Yeah. 30, 40 years down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um but what I was saying is uh like we About know that relationship, we yeah. know that Mr. Miyagi's lost his son and we know that for whatever reason Daniel has lost his father. And so I really I sort of that like mentor relationship but also it's a father-son relationship as well because I noticed that like um he when he asks him like where did you learn karate he says from my father and so it seems like it's something that gets passed down yeah and he's never taught anybody karate before because he asks him about that so because he's teaching him karate it's like a son he's accepting him as his son because this is something that's a paternally passed along yeah miyagi's handing it down to miyagi's so yes so yeah that 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 scene about him losing his son and wife in childbirth um sort of sets up why he's interested in mentoring Daniel. He becomes like a, a son to him. So. Yes. It's very And that's why I'm like, uh, as emotion, we were watching yeah. this now, that's why I say this is a much better movie than I gave it credit for yeah. before. Yes. Um, yeah. Just those it, little, it is. It's those a good movie. Things. It, it, it might be about 10 minutes too long, uh, but it's <laughs> uh, of a movie. But um, yeah, it's this isn't just... I think I put this in my notes too. Uh, this is much better than the average, just an average '80s teen movie. Yes. I put that in there. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm a, I'm always, I'm a sucker for uh, like found family uh, trope, you know, like um, with the holdovers or right. whatever, and the Karate Kid, right. where there's a, you know, people who they, they've, they're, they're. They've lost family and then they find it somewhere else. I always really liked that. So that was, I think that's like one of my favorite um, aspects yeah. of the movie is that their relationship yeah. with each other. What I like watching it is that this doesn't feel dated. Mm. If you showed this movie to someone today, wipe their memory of the Karate Kid <laughs> and say, we're going to watch this movie. It's, it's brand new. Yeah. It just came out on home video or whatever. And you show it to them. There are very few things in the movie that would tell you or date it for like the 1980s. It's not, there's no stereotyped 80s trope. It's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. There are, there are two things that would tell you that this is not a movie from modern times. Number one, it's a good movie. <laughs> so they don't make good movies anymore. So you'd be like, wait a second, this movie's This good. is too good. This yeah. is really good. When this, was this made? Are you sure this was made in 2024? Um, the other thing is there's like, um, the now not even the cars, because you could say, well, they got classic cars. It's set in the 80s, but it wasn't filmed in the 80s. Yeah. So, but, uh, but like the car that Daniel gets is from like the '60s too, right? So it's not like, right? It's but not like, like the it's guy like that wow, pulls up in the Corvette, it, and it's like, but the, and the other thing would be like the video arcade, video games, and then some of the songs in the soundtrack. But uh, I, this is from my copious notes. Well, the way that they dress as well, I think the way that well, the, that's what I was. Gonna I was say just going to say the way that the the men dress. That's kind of how guys dress to a certain extent, except for like maybe like the leather jackets and stuff like johnny's cobra kai leather jacket that's like a little yeah it's a little bit too 80s but the way that the girls dress i think would give it away maybe i mean if you here's what i wrote here's what i wrote the teenagers in this feel real Mm -hmm. and this is 
when you think about all the 80s, the Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, all those Fast yeah. Times at Ridgemont High. St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. I don't know. St. <laughs> Just... Elmo's Fire, I think they were older than teenagers. Oh, but okay. this, this is about as close as any movie came in the 80s to capturing... Uh, not the karate part, like yeah. not the, this. That's like a subculture or whatever. Yeah. But the way teenagers acted, dressed, their anxieties, they don't feel like just an '80s stereotype. And then I, and that's what I said. If you see an '80s theme party today, yeah. Whether on social media or you see video of someone, we head into an '80s themed party. Yeah. Like all the women there will be wearing bright neon, stretchy, like bright pink or leather mini skirts or leg warmers like flash dance or they'll dress like madonna or they'll wear those slouch socks they're yeah. kind of like they'll wear, they'll have those on which or, are making a comeback or lacy ankle socks with also like, making a with like neon high heels that's what the women at these parties would dress like yeah and then the guys would wear like an 80s style leather jacket with zippers all over them um, and buckles they would have like parachute pants with zippers and then like weird sunglasses where the <laughs> like just weird 80s style sunglasses. That's what the guys yeah. would wear, like narrow sunglasses or the kind that have like lenses that are off kilter from each other. Yeah. Um, and at everybody at those parties dresses like the music video version of the yeah. 1980s. People, teenagers in the like 1980s, dressed like the kids in this movie yeah we wore blue jeans and we wore t-shirts and we wore zip up hoodies hoodies yeah. we might cut the sleeves off the hoodies yeah. um or we, we we wore um collared shirts you might pop the collar up um i noticed there was a lot of like the the very like deep v-neck polo shirts yeah we had those but those also seem very but like if you, 50s to me as well i guess but it, there's nothing in the way that they dress maybe and the hairstyles like okay ali is in like an argyle sweater they just dress yeah we didn't dress like the people when you see when you think 80s most people didn't dress, didn't that, dress way. that way yeah um, which i think the is... majority of people just dress like kind of similar to the way kids dress today well, well would, and here's but, another thing I put. Sorry. But, but, <laughs> no one dressed like Cindy Lauper in the 80s. Yeah. Except, except Cindy Lauper. Yeah. And that's why her debut album was called She's So Unusual. She dressed differently. And, and she did, did her that hair because differently. she was a celebrity. Right. Nobody in if you went to a high school, you weren't gonna find anybody that looked like Cindy Lauper. I mean, there definitely were like there's there always have been like like um alt subcultures you know you might find are. A, a goth kid sprinkled here or there or somebody who dresses like cindy lopper but it would be un it would be unusual right it would be like oh why do they dress like that <laughs> yeah i there the there's there's the music video version of the 80s and then there's the actual version of the yeah. 80s so that's why i say this movie it doesn't feel dated because it doesn't jam a bunch of you know break dancing yeah and and um dressing like you know i don't know like the but kids in the like, breakfast club they dress like normal teenagers there's always the the stoner dude with the long coat or whatever yeah that's that stuff's accurate but but you, there's nothing about it that when you watch that goes boy this feels like the 80s it's a totally foreign time and concept it doesn't feel dated it still holds yeah. up and it works well what would you say about in the way that they dress in pretty and pink would you say that that is because it is very like the way that it's they dress a, is very 80s but it kind of seems like they dress that way because they're like the weird art kids or yeah whatever. it's a stylized um i guess a stylized i don't want to say fantasy version of an 80s teenager there were people that dressed like, but the but the norm was not to yeah. dress like. Um, what's his name? Ducky. John Cryer. Yeah, who's the guy? The, the weird guy that talks like this. Um, the actor's name. I just <laughs> don't know. Name. Are you talking I, about? I'm um, drawing a blank on. You're talking about the her love interest. Yeah. I don't know. No, not her love interest. The guy. Oh, um, I don't know him either. The guy from. Uh, 
the blacklist. I can never remember his name. <laughs> I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there are movies that get it close to accurate. This one is the is the like closest to not just fashion, but the way teenagers would behave. The 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 courtship or whatever the love story between Daniel and Allie feels genuine. I'm like, this is what. Yeah, they're just remembering what it was like to kind of have a crush on a girl, and that back then, I'm like, this is pretty accurate. Let's have our mom drive us to the arcade. This is pretty accurate. Not our mom, my mom (laughs) drive us to the arcade. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It just feels pretty accurate. You know, they're holding hands in the um. The photo booth yeah or whatever and it's all cutesy and and sweet or whatever it's yeah, age appropriate I, I listen i wasn't i wasn't a bad boy so this <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't a johnny lawrence uh yeah. i was more just like a so when i liked a girl that's kind of what it reminds me of is how it felt in the 80s to to kind of yeah. to like a girl now and have her like you back something that i do think is which is something that didn't happen to me very often. <laughs> liking a girl and having her like me back. Like back. <laughs> something about this that is, I think, perhaps gets lost in <sighs> translation water. for me in terms of oh. 80s culture. Oh, here we go. I get to do a little... Um, is Go ahead. Now, uh, this is what I wrote down. I said, was this movie made because karate was cool? Or was karate cool because this movie was made? So was karate something that in the 80s everyone was really interested in it or was it kind of made popular by the karate kid? Um I can only speak for my experience. I'm there was a sort of not a karate craze, but there were several kids three or four classmates of mine who took karate lessons. Pre-Karate Kid or post-Karate Kid? It had to have been post-Karate Kid because (laughs) I remember them doing it in high school and the Karate Kid came out when I was in middle school. Okay. I'm pretty sure that the Karate Kid got people interested Interested in karate. In karate. Okay, because that leads me to my next point, which is that a guy like Johnny Lawrence, who was karate obsessed and walked around wearing his jacket with his dojo right emblem on it and his his headband i feel like he would get bullied for that like that would be something where people would be like this guy's a loser he's so like not if he rides a cool motorcycle <laughs> maybe but like <laughs> and i mean it may be because, and he can kick your butt so are you really gonna give him a hard time it may be because he's like rich and like attractive or whatever so people are like oh that's so cool that he does that but i feel like and maybe this is just a, a modern sensibility that someone who had that um, that level of interest or obsession with something like that and yeah. was outwardly like, I'm in Cobra Kai or whatever. You f- I feel like people would like bully him for that. Mm, I'm trying to I mean, like I'm trying to think of the kids that I knew that took karate. I don't know. But I mean, you're going to give just... somebody a hard time if they can. You well, know what I mean? Not it's not even just that he took karate. It's the level of like the way devotion it cons- to the it. level of devotion and the way it consumes his life and like that he's like Cobra Kai man, you know, like that kind of thing. I yeah. feel like it would be like it's kind of like kind of weird that he's mm. so No, I yeah, I can't I can't answer to that. I don't know. I don't I just can't I'm the the only thing in the 80s that people like that you get picked on for if you were really into something would be like skateboarding. Um, at least at my school, yeah. you picked on the skateboard, the skateboard geeks or whatever, <laughs> or the band, uh, the, the band kids geeks. in the band, the well, band geeks. Still get made fun of but everybody band. liked the people, and you know, most of my friends were in the marching band. I was, or I, you know, yeah, some kind of artsy, artsy, artsy thing, artsy fartsy thing. Yeah. Um. I don't think people made fun. I mean, maybe I don't know. I didn't run with the with the uh, with the popular with the crowd. Cool yeah, I don't run with well, the cool the kids. Well, that's the other thing is that the cool kid, Johnny the popular, is a the popular guy. So is he? Is he popular? Or do people? Is he Are have people like, afraid is, of him? <clears throat> yeah, the cool popular kids. When you look back now, like were they really that popular? There was only a cup, a handful of them. 
And most of the kids in the school didn't. I don't like know. Them. Did you want to be like them? I don't know. Well, when I say popular, I don't mean that people liked them. I mean like they're the ones who stereotypically people who are popular I want to be like them. are wealthy and good looking and so they have a little bit yeah. of power over everybody else. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> so he kind of I mean he kind of is uh a popular kid. I guess so. Yeah, good good uh, good uh, observations, good questions you had there. <laughs> Thank you. Um I, I also said like I thought Cindy it was Lopper. weird. I thought it was weird that when uh uh Daniel runs into the waiter at the country club. I thought it was weird that everybody laughed at him. Cuz I feel like when somebody falls in public, usually I mean there might be one or two right, people but everybody laughs, yeah. but like usually the room doesn't like erupt in in laughter if you fall down like in, yeah. a, in a restaurant. It's or just part of the storytelling. You're trying to set up and establish and push forward the narrative he's an outsider he's an outsider um, when he gets spaghetti dumped on you in the country club all the rich white people are gonna laugh at you (laughs) (laughs) it's just the way life works um going back to that scene um there's before he gets the spaghetti spilled all over him daniel is looking through the door and he sees Allie and johnny dancing they've been arguing uh, but then Johnny sees him and tries to kiss Allie. Yes. And then Allie punches him, and her parents are like, like, <laughs> J- like Johnny, are you okay? They're like shocked. <laughs> Why would she do such a thing? Yeah. And it's like uh, he basically sexually assaulted her or On sexually harassed floor, her yeah. or, or tried kissing her without consent. She defended herself, and her parents were horrified by her terrible behavior which i mean her parents are not the nicest people in this movie like not that boy from Reseda. should have had they should have had uh christopher christopher lee play that guy but he was the guy whoever the actor was that played ali's dad he was like the perfect stuffy um yeah, I mean, because he's like... Hoity-toity, look You lovebirds having any trouble? You yeah. and Johnny, the lovebirds are having trouble? Yeah. Not that boy from Encino. <laughs> yeah. um, you, do you live in Encino? You know? <laughs> but they do a good point. They, uh, there was one thing, just one... See, this is how good this movie is. Um, I'm not saying this is Citizen Kane or whatever, <laughs> but there's this point where John or Daniel goes to pick up Allie. Her parents come in from the country club or from playing tennis yeah. in their Rolls Royce. And they come up and they're talking to him on the front porch. And he kicks this pillar made out of bricks. And one of the bricks falls out onto the... So it's embarrassing to him that he just kicked yeah. the brick and it, it fell out. Hell, yeah. But the dad is embarrassed that the brick fell out yeah. and says to the mom, I thought you were going to get that fixed. Yeah. And she was. I will. I'm going to or whatever. This is the kind of guy who every brick has to be in place. Yeah. Everything's got to be perfect. And it's his wife's fault. And it's his is. wife's fault. <laughs> He's got an image to protect. And yeah. so the brick falling out. Yeah, this is I, this is a little too deep well, for a Karate like, Kid this movie. This is, you know, analysis. This is what we're... This <laughs> seems a little too deep for a Karate Kid movie, but it represents sort of, to him, like, Daniel's like that brick that fell out. Yeah. I can't, have, I can't have a brick out of place. I can't have my daughter my walking daughter's around gonna, with the guy he's from He's the brick. This kid's the brick that just fell out of the... <laughs> out of my house. Out of, out of the pillar. Yeah. He can't have anything that would be give a bad image to him yeah. and his it's family. About appearances, yeah. It's all about appearances. Daniel, she should be with Johnny because Johnny has Daniel money and it's comes symbolic. From a Daniel is family. that brick. Yeah. Daniel's that brick that fell out is dating her. And that's why she doesn't care that Johnny Lawrence is a jerk. He comes from the right kind of the people. The right kind of people, yeah. See what I'm saying, people? This is a much better movie than you or I or anybody ever gave any credit for. Yes. Uh, like yeah so there you go man what a great analysis uh, i'm so <laughs> good at this. i'm analysis. so good at this um there are several times in this movie where someone says you're dead meat yes. and that's a total 80s you would you're you would hear that in the hallway at my high that? school you're dead meat man you would hear that in the high school 
in my high school for sure. I don't know. I don't think people say you're dead meat anymore. No, that was an 80s yeah, thing. Yeah, you're dead. You're finished. Points or no points. You're dead meat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. Any other things from my copious notes? I think it's interesting that they had a... Um, like one of the Cobra Kai guys have like a conscience, like when they're beating him up, he's had enough, man. That and is that like, is nice. There should there should be a guy like that yeah. who's like the voice of reason, who sees the problem with what they're doing, yeah. and they're like, ah, man, you're not listening. You you know what the sensei said? Yeah. No mercy. Or and whatever. then when he when he kicks him in the leg, yeah. But I'll be disqualified or whatever. Right. Um. And then he He's like he immediately about... rushes over it. I'm sorry, Daniel. I didn't right. mean it. I'm he sorry. He did what he was asked, but he realized before, he knows it was wrong. during, and after that he's like, ah, I screwed up. I'm better than this. Yeah. And that get and that happens in Cobra Kai when all those guys come back. They're all like, oh, that stupid no mercy stuff he taught yeah. us. They've all realized that, but Johnny yeah. still has Johnny a little bit of is it left. trying to still live that somehow. Um, but from a new perspective in Cobra Kai. Yes. Anyway. Exactly. I like that there's a Pac-Man machine in this movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Allie goes to stand in front of it. There's the bubble hockey game between, um, so bubble hockey was like tabletop hockey, but they put a bubble over it so the puck wouldn't go flying. And it was always the United States versus the Soviet Union. <laughs> and because uh, really? it was the 80s and the whole Cold War thing, it was us versus them. Oh, that's so um, interesting. So the two teams in those bubble hockey was always the was United States the versus the Soviet Union. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Re- I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Um, I once played a, a game. Or, well, a friend of mine was playing against another friend at a uh, showbiz pizza, <laughs> and I looked, and my friend was losing seven to nothing. He's like, "Hey, take over from me. I don't want to play this anymore." And then the game ended. I didn't even play the game, but there's some guy that just kind of walked up and he's like, "Well, that was embarrassing." And I'm like, "I didn't play it. I stepped in for." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, bro. <laughs> we didn't say bro. We said dude. Yeah, dude. Dude. People um, still say dude though. Yeah, they do. But that was a total '80s thing. Any other thing? Do you have anything on your notes? I think I've gone through all of my copious notes. I think that it was very strange. That immediately after Daniel wins the All Valley Karate Championship, that Johnny is just immediately fine with him. Like you're all right, Larusso. Like there was there was so much well, tension leading up to that, and then all all of a sudden he's fine with him. Like he's not even upset that he lost. He's well, just Mr. Like, Miyagi makes the point to him prior to that that like, hey, if you put up a good fight. And prove to them that you yeah, you've can take, proved to that them you, that can you can fight. Yeah, they'll, you'll earn their respect, and that's what that was really about. I see. And you can I see guess. also that as the tournament's going on, increases like sweep the leg, yeah, um, and all that stuff. That all the no Cobra mercy. Kai yeah, like, finish him wait off. a minute, this guy. They're sort yeah, of starting to see that, as Lawrence. they gain yeah. more respect for Daniel, they start to lose respect for their sensei. Because he's not gaining respect because Yeah. And Martin Cove has said that he's always played that character because in the they show all of his pictures on the wall and he's Vietnam veteran. And he said, I've always played that character as someone who never came to grips with the United States not winning the Vietnam War, mm. so to speak. And that he's the kind of guy who who can't, can't stand, stand losing, losing anything yeah. because of that. Can't take it, yeah. And so even just losing this karate tournament, well, he'll that... do whatever he has to do because he 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 still hasn't gotten over losing the Vietnam losing War. Losing Vietnam, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, what the he... Vietnam War is very traumatic for, yeah. you know, someone who's fighting. That's going to mess you up. So I think it is interesting. Another thing that's good about the Karate Kid movie, <laughs> the Karate Kid movie, yeah. Is that the characters who are bad, there's a reason for that. It's not just mindless, well, at least for the first one. It's not just mindless insanity that it's like, there is a reason that they're like that. You know, Cove is that, or not Cove, uh, Crease is that way because of um, the Vietnam War. Johnny's the way he is because of Crease. And so it's like, everybody has 
there's an explanation, which is how it is in real life, and that makes it more yeah. realistic. Yeah, exactly. There's another scene um, I like, and this sort of plays in on the uh, racism or prejudice thing. Daniel's doing the, there he's, you know, training down at the beach. They come up, and there's two of these two drunk dudes leaning on Mr. Miyagi's truck. They put their beer bottles out. Yeah. They make a couple of racial slurs towards Mr. Miyagi, but he doesn't get angry. He just says, kindly remove the bottles from my from my, car, from my yeah. truck. And they're like, kindly remove them yourself or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he karate chops the necks off the beer bottles and then they move them. And Daniel, yeah, how'd you do, how, that? How'd you do that? How'd you do that? Or whatever. And he's like, I don't know. It's the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just sort of like, you know. Again, yeah, they, they they face they 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 throw something they in about it. prejudice. They acknowledge the prejudices and the racism that, that exist without getting preachy. They just let him have his moment of like, yeah. And I think they acknowledge that as well with just like Daniel doesn't really know anything about Japanese culture. He's like you know calling them baby trees or yeah. Where's Okinawa? He doesn't know these things. Um, and, and like, he keeps saying Mr. Miyagi instead of Mr. Miyagi. And so, like... Right. Yeah. Pat Morita was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his portrayal of Mr. Miyagi. Did... This is something... I'm sorry. I, I interrupted no, that's you. All I, <laughs> no, that's all I had to say. I was just uh, um, throwing that in what, there. Was... For the, just throwing that in there. <laughs> the guy who played Arnold on Happy Days... Was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He was in Happy Days? Yeah. He played Arnold. Okay. Arnold, I can't remember his last name. Now, this is something that I was thinking about during the movie. Was Pat Morita like a karate guy? No. Or he... like No. Okay. I remember an interview with him where he said he didn't understand like karate. Like, would they chop a brick in half? He's like, why don't they just hit the person with the brick? That was his... <laughs> Yeah, it's a character. In, yeah. Interview. Yeah. He's like, yeah, why don't you pick up the brick and hit somebody with Which it? Which is it's interesting because I watched this movie <clears throat> where it's it's kind of supposed to be the karate kid. It's like this kid who he gets bullied all the time and he ends up getting hit by a car and he gets paralyzed and then this it might not be karate actually. I think it no, it might know. just be mixed martial arts. Could but be. The guy and then it's sort of supposed to be the karate kid style, you know, this guy. Yeah takes him under his wing and he helps him learn how to walk again and how to right. fight. But the guy who plays the the teacher is an actual like karate teacher. Yeah. And so he's a terrible actor and so like there's no like uh there's no like heart to the movie. Yeah. Also, the guy who plays the kid is the guy who played Riff in the new uh oh, West Side Story yeah. movie. I saw him in the trailer for a movie. The tennis one? The one about ten. I'm like, where have I seen that guy? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's in that bad remake of West Side Story. He plays Riff. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with the Karate Kid, though. Yeah. This episode is about the Karate Kid. Let's no, not I'm just spiral saying, out of control here. No, I'm just here. saying that the it that it's good that they got like an actor instead of like a martial arts guy to yeah. play Mr. Miyagi because that way it worked. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't um, know if he was like a like a like a Jackie Chan or a Bruce Lee type, like that he was an actor who knew, yeah, uh, karate, like he was popular for doing karate movies, or if he was just an actor. I'm still just in awe of myself for coming up with that and that thing about Daniel being like the brick. I just <laughs> can't believe. I just can't believe. Listen, I mean, I haven't listen. I haven't taken film. Uh, study courses in 30 years so that's just that that's just stuff me, that's a deep you. that's a deep pull from 30 some years yeah. ago so yeah once you get that in there you, you i never thought i would analyze the karate kid that deeply i thought when we watched it we were going to start talking about the cornball but it ended up surprising me like hey wait a minute this is yeah. an actual good movie there's some good deep stuff in there so let's rate this movie thumbs up obviously yes do you want to rate it uh how many swept legs i uh, got a five swept <laughs> legs or do you want to do how many bonsai trees out of five you could do bonsai trees if... <laughs> uh, <laughs> like we, out say... of five swept legs <laughs> how many swept legs would you get yeah <laughs> all right what five uh five out of five or four bonsai trees do we have five you could do it out of five out of five I would give this a four bonsai trees out of five. Yeah. I think it's a little too longish. 
Um, some of the, I I don't think a lot of the pop music, um, that's used in it. Like you got this great music from Bill Conti with like a Japanese style yeah, that was, to it I was thinking all the way about through that. it. it was the... And then you got Banana Rama singing uh, "Cruel Summer" at some point. Yeah. So that part of it, that I think that kind of takes you out of it, but. Um, overall though, everything else, I got no complaints. So I would say out of, uh, five swept legs, I would say four swept legs for me for the karate kid. I would say either four. You can do the bonsai trees. I would say bonsai. Either four bonsai trees or maybe like 3.5 bonsai trees. So you're not as, you're, you're still, you still like it, but you're not as high on it after this as I, I am. I mean, I really, I think it's a really good movie. It's enjoyable and I like it, but I don't think it's like amazing. I tend to, Ru- I, tend, um, I tend to give a lower rating for movies, but that doesn't mean that I don't like it. I think I just like, well, it was a 3.5, and that's, to me, that's good. I still have a physical copy of the Leonard Malton movie guide. He gave Karate Kid three and a half stars out of four. Um, called it old fashioned, uh, uh, old fashioned, um, good fun crowd pleaser or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. I think, uh, but the brick thing, I like though, it, yeah. the it, thing with it, the brick, that's pretty good. That's you, you got, you know what? I mean, what else, you know, can we? I, <laughs> what else about the what other what other symbols can we analyze? From this I don't know. I don't think the, we need to go too much further with the, this. The broken car symbolizes. The Larusso family, they're yeah, all the yeah. There's look, this is get out, and honestly, this is not going. deep stuff. This is just the way screenplays were written back yeah. in, and they don't write screenplays and you include and elements symbols to be representative, representing yeah. things about families or whatever the way that the way they used to. They like you don't do see this anymore. kind of yeah. thing in a Marvel movie, okay. <laughs> When we're yeah. talking about Thor, there's nothing that, you know, there's no sort of symbolic things happening in his life that you're like, oh, I can see here how that symbolizes the disruption. It's all very cut and dry. Yeah, it's just, and again, one, one more thing, even though we've already rated the film, the final fight scene, you made the comment out loud. I like that we can see what's happening. Yeah. Like modern fight scenes, you're like, I can't see. Yeah. It's so frenetic. And because of CGI, the camera can just swing through the environment where they used to just have, you set up three cameras. And say action. Have them stand on the stage line and fight. And you film it from all three cameras and cut it together. And you see what's going on. variety. Well, yeah. I mean, even though there are up close shots, you can still... Um, you can still see what's happening. You can clearly right. see their faces and what moves they're making. And this was something I I didn't write this down. You're not nauseous at the like. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting a, such a headache from this. Yeah, it's not. You're not overstimulated. It's not Doctor Strange multiverse of madness level fight scenes, but it's still good. right. You're not just completely overstimulated at the end of it. Yeah, you can and still think straight I, <laughs> because you know what happened. So anyway, I go think ahead. that the the tournament scene or sequence is really well the montage montage is really well done because there's with Joe Esposito's you're the best yes you're the best around <laughs> well, never gonna bring I just you mean down. like in terms of like um like uh tension and suspense the last fight between <laughs> yes. johnny and daniel the way that it takes place it's very like you're obviously you know daniel's gonna win but like there still is that suspense yeah. and like the part where he's getting ready to do the crane kick and like they've got like the tense yeah. music and then it's the big the big final final kick i think it's really really well done yeah i don't i i remember now making myself laugh <laughs> while we were watching the semifinals and that um, Asian guy is fighting Johnny in the semifinals. He's doing all these spins and <laughs> and flying kicks, oh, yeah. trying. To, and I'm like, I think I said something like, the "Guy from Locust Valley Dojo." Yeah, I think I said something like, "Yeah, you're not beating Johnny Lawrence with that Enter the Dragon stuff. That's not." <laughs> yeah, he's that more, that Bruce it's a Lee too fancy copy. Yeah, 
that you it's get like spinning flir- your lightsabers in right fighting. all yeah. the flourishes and that's not you just gotta you want to beat johnny lawrence you gotta go at him you gotta attack yeah you gotta go for the you go either the gotta nose. go on the defense and catch him on catch him when he makes a mistake or you gotta go after him you can't be yeah. doing this you know because he was showboaty of, karate yeah because he does like a really cool very impressive like flip kick but then when he lands johnny just like yeah, he hits, just pun- him, and, yeah, hits yeah. him and point winner yeah yeah Anyway, that's my that's our uh, that's our discussion about the Karate Kid. I don't yeah. think there's anything more we need to comment on. I think we covered covered it all. Mostly. Yeah, and seriously, nobody's listening. So, um, I mean, we could go on for two hours, but there's really no point to it. <laughs> We've covered it. Well, it's a good movie. It's about the it's experience a... of making it, not about how many listeners we have. Right. Have you? You keep telling yourself that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the anyway. The podcast was the friends we made along the way. Or, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, that was, um, that's the Karate Kid, folks. Um, and I think it's your turn. Yeah, yeah. To uh, say the little magic phrase at the end here. <laughs> I enjoy our little talks.